This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, one to preserve this sport for our kids. Bringing the stories of the normal guy on small parcels and how he gets it done. Are you just a weekend warrior? You stuck with limited time to hunt and limited time to prep, just like us? Are you trying to figure out how to hunt with kids, work, and families? Then this is a podcast for you. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, episode 16. We are still at nowhere, but people have kind of cleared out, so there should be way less background music. We have the jukebox shut off that was in the corner playing while we were live earlier, so there will be no Dolly Parton in the background of this. I was going to say, dude, we were starting to kill the tracks as <laughs> yeah. we were closing out. Yeah. Nothing so, wrong with Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the doors closed. We're going to have a lot better uh, quality here. Um, uh, we got Cody, which is me. We got Homie. What's up? And we got Jerry Payne. What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to get right into this episode. Like I said, this one's not going on YouTube either because we're still up at nowhere. So we, uh, when we get back in the studio, we'll start putting them back on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. But it'll be on all the regular stuff. Uh, we had an awesome turnout up here at nowhere. We had some killer stuff. I hope the, the background noise on the last episode wasn't too bad because there was some awesome guys on, some good stories, and some good passionate people about the outdoors so we're gonna get right into this i got the vip shout out is Derek price um he messaged in he runs uh fishing for freedom we shared that on our facebook if you guys want to check that out um it's an awesome cause he takes veterans out takes them on a fishing trip and uh kind of a competition there and and he's looking for people to sponsor boats and uh take take the veterans out on them and uh i'm sure that would be a a humbling and a pretty uh, knowledgeable day to where you can learn a lot about you know the military and stuff and spend some time with a veteran out on the water so yeah kind of learn what they went through and how they got to where they kind of how they become the person that they are today you yeah. know we so. did us as normal civilians kind of don't understand or understand what actually happens 
in training camp and then when they do get deployed and um, I know I enjoy whenever uh, a veteran comes up and tells me you know the story and it just kind of blows my mind so I just kind of absorb it and um, I mean uh, I don't know if I've said it before on this podcast but if I had to do it, bef- do it over again I'd probably forego college and I'd sign up yeah and I and I mean that I just I'm just not saying that because you know I'm not doing it over again but I would I would really really sign up well uh Derek Price I appreciate you for doing that um he is also a veteran so we appreciate you for your service and uh that was a VIP veteran broadhead shout out so yeah if you guys as a listener have somebody that you'd like to nominate as a veteran shout out and uh you know they listen to the podcast and you guys are talking back and forth about hey did you hear this on the podcast or this or that and you want to shout them out email us at whitetail underscore legacy at yahoo.com and uh we'll receive that and we'll we'll shout them out yeah no, no big deal there definitely i think we need to shout out that guy from mississippi on this podcast too yeah justin duncan yeah. you're killing it bud dude justin you are absolutely killing it thanks for everything you did he he messaged us bought a t-shirt he listened to all our episodes. Um, you're the kind of people we need to follow this po- uh, podcast. I can tell you're passionate about it. And uh, and uh, like I said, if you ever want to come on, man, you're more than welcome. So I hope you can come on one time and tell us some deer hunting stories. So. Yeah, I got, he's down there in Mississippi. And, uh, you know, we're, he's just kind of messaging me personally and talking about the kind of hunting that they're doing. And he said, you know, they're, they're just mostly river bottom and stuff and – you know, it's like a once-in-a-lifetime deer to shoot a 140 to 150, 160 class deer. And, you know, he said, well, I heard you guys got some pretty good deer up there. I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, usually a guy's got a 160 on camera every year. Yeah. I mean, usually. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it just kind of is mind-blowing to him, the, the grade of deer that we've got up here. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, if a guy shoots a 160 – hey man you shot a 160 but if you shoot a 200 inch deer you're just like hell yeah you shot a 200 inch deer then you're in the big time right but you know down there you know if you shoot a 140 it's like hell yeah you shot a 140 (laughs) you know and it's just a totally different kind of deer hunting and uh he's interested coming on the podcast and uh we're gonna be able to do that over the phone and you know if you're listening and you want you want to come on the podcast and you know tell your deer hunting story? You're going to be able to do that. All you got to do is email us um, or message us on Facebook. Yeah, this this is a podcast for the people. Wow, that's what I like to call it. For sure, it, it's not going to be high priority, guys. If you want to come on, come on, man. Tell us some deer stories. It's going to be open to everybody, and we're going to have a, a damn good time talking to you. So we're we're going to be at Elmwood Outdoor Show probably after you hear this, huh? I yeah, even think yeah. about that. Yeah. I'm gonna say anybody at Elmwood's gonna be, yeah, behind. Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, we're uh, we're gonna have a good time at Elmwood. I always forget that these come out a week later. Yeah, I so. say it's four days after we record it, and yeah. we. I like to think of it as you know, <clears throat> it's Wednesday. You might be coming home from work because we put it out, you know, between eleven, and I try to get it out between one thirty oh. and one o'clock. So, you know, you're, you're getting off work, you pull out your phone because you haven't been on it all day because you've been busting your ass, you know, props to you, and then you're on your way home, and you're like, well, hell yeah, I got a Whitetail Legacy podcast to listen to on my yeah. way home from work. Yeah. So we just try to get out there on hump day. We know, I, th- I think that that'd be something I'd look forward to, 
Um, I listen to it about four times before it comes out, so <laughs> I'm not as pumped up as a normal guy. Yeah. <laughs> he does all the the listening to make sure we don't sound like complete crap before he sends it. So. <laughs> props, props to you, man. Thanks for all you do. But we're gonna get right into this episode. We've been BSing for six minutes right now, so we're gonna get right in it. We got we got Jerry Payne in the house. He's uh, got some awesome deer down. Got some awesome stories to tell. So uh, let's go. Let's go ahead and start with you, Jerry. How how long you been hunting, or what got you? And what got you into hunting? Um, very. I've been bow hunting for 26 years. Uh, I just kind of got in it on my own, you know. My, you know, I hunted, trapped. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad never deer hunted, and I always wanted deer hunting, and took it up on my own, and and uh, met a couple guys and three or four guys in a group, and they kind of taught me a lot and uh, stuff I didn't know and. Uh, a good experience, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah. you were kind of brought up in a group, not necessarily your dad, but you kind of had a group of guys. Is that what? Is I that started what out saying? on my own. I was, I was on my own bow hunting. Uh, my father-in-law had a compound bow, and he was he was kind of too old to pull it back, and he gave it to me, and and he's just like, you do something with it, you know. And so See, I started on my own, and then I met a couple guys, and and we just kind of got. You know, like like here, you know, everybody's a bow hunter and and love deer hunting, so we kind of clicked it off, and we all, yeah. Sure. And they were older, you know. All my friends were ten years older than me, so they they know, had some experience. They had some experience, and they good, know yeah. stuff more than I do, you know. So. See, that kind of blows my mind because the way I was raised up, you know, everybody gun hunted, and um, you know, there there's maybe two two or three guys out of the group that actually bow hunted. And then, um, you know, when I started actually going with my dad deer hunting, I was 12 years old, and, you know, I was 15, and I got my first bow. So, you know, just like Cody, I don't, I don't think your, your parents deer hunted at all. So I just think that that is, is so crazy and mind-boggling because, you know, if I, if I didn't have my dad taking me deer hunting, you know, for the first time— <laughs> first afternoon sit he shoots a 160s you know so i mean it just kind of got me hooked but you know even if we didn't get nothing you know i still like getting out there and you know just seeing everybody as a group you know i got 18 guys or so that that are on my piece and you know hunt with us you know i I would still like to get out there and get with them you know and, and everybody's always telling stories and stuff but you know just to have nobody that's immediately directed you know father grandpa uncle you know just have just to have nobody directly with you that is hunting and then for you to get into it and just love it as much as you do just kind of blows my mind yeah yeah i shot i shot my first deer when i was like 12 with a bow and ever since then i shot a basket rack eight pointer and Dude, I was like, I'm going to shoot every deer that I see at that point, right. you know what I mean? But I was just hooked. But there was like two years there when I was carrying a bow that I barely could pull back, you know, yeah. that was a hand-me-down yeah. from a buddy of mine that was like, yeah, you can have this bow. He's like six years older than me. I'm like, I can barely get this. Oh, you're, you're, you're strengthened up to be able to pull that back, yeah, you know? Right. 
I got like six arrows, all different lengths. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I got forty-two different yep. broadheads. Yeah, forty. Yeah, right. Every every yeah. aerial, aerial, whatever, kind of, whatever I can get for free. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my brother gave me two different arrows with with his broadhead that he yeah. shoots that are different lengths. You yeah, know? right. Yeah. One carbon, one aluminum. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know, that's just <laughs> you know. And then when you think about where you're at now in your hunting career, you know, it just really humbles you. To, to think about how far you've come and how far that you've learned about deer. And, uh, I mean, we've, I can't remember if we said this on the podcast, but we've had a couple of people message us and say, Hey, you know, I've tuned into your podcast and it really wants me to get out there and experience hunting. And that's cool, dude. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Like that's more yeah. people you can get out in the out, you know, yeah. outdoors and hunting. I mean, we have people messaging us who are like, I don't really know a lot about hunting, but I'm learning from you guys, and I'm mm-hmm. having fun while doing it, and, and it makes me want to get out there and try it. And, and like I told him, I said, you can message me anytime, and I will try to give you advice, but I'm not a professional <laughs> at right. all. So right. I'm probably going to give you the wrong advice. Because <laughs> so, yeah. you start hunting, and then everybody gets, like, their own thing. You know, yeah. some people are more risky than others. Some are play it real safe, and some just do whatever whenever and they're successful so if you're successful props to you you know and and a lot of things is you're just going to learn yourself like you're going to go out and try something and be like well hey last year i wish when it was october 10th i wish i would have sat there because i would have shot a deer but you know i missed that opportunity so hey this year i'm going to try to get in there uh, you know maybe october 12th and i'm going to push it a little bit you know i'm not going to be as risky as i want to be but I'm still going to try it out. Yeah, on the right conditions. To get on the right in. condition, you know. Yeah. So, you know, if you, I'm telling you guys, if if you want to get out there and and if you think you're interested in it, try it out because it's it's a learning experience. But when it all comes together, yeah, you, you're gonna love it. It's a humbling experience, and it's but when it does come together, it's awesome. So that's that's a good place to transition and. Let's hear your first deer story. Oh, boy. Bow, buck, whatever. <laughs> doe, doe, buck, I mean, whatever. It oh, that was back in oh, a long time ago. That was back when you're making two by four ladder stands, you know. Oh, yeah. 12, <laughs> 12 feet off the ground or eight feet off the ground. And and uh, my first my first one, of course, you're never going to forget it. But uh, it was just a yearling, you know, at the time. I didn't know what a yearling was, you know. I mean, it was a deer, you know. Yeah. So uh, it came in, and it, it walked right underneath me, and I uh, shot it probably five, six yards and went down within, you know, ten yards, you know. And you don't you, – to experience it, you know, the, the nervous – just adrenaline, you know, yeah. I – I drug that deer out, and I don't remember <laughs> as fast as I could drag it, you know, yeah. to get it to my truck, you know, yeah. and uh, took it to my mom's house, my mom and dad's house, and then I had the old International Scout, the old 74, and I had it on the top. <laughs> yeah. I, really, I was on the top, and I, the hell with it, the I, I pulled yeah. that thing up the back backside and I had it strapped to the top, and yeah, my mom still got that picture. Was, That's cool. Yeah, to that look back cool. on it, you know. Yeah, what kind of deer it was, you know, just a yeah. little yearling, but some that's I mean, you know, getting well, into it, you know, by yourself, you know, 
the size of deer. Any deer, any you know, deer's good know, deer any, at any that deer point. Deer trophy, a bow, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'd like to wait until we have Johnny C on before we break out our first deer. Yeah, I know Johnny C. Johnny C's got Johnny an C's unreal deer bow story. Is just the most ridiculous first bow story. He's he's almost made it on, and then he had a little he had to work railroad life, but but uh, a <laughs> snowstorm came in. But we're gonna have him on, and when you guys hear this story, you're gonna be laughing for like two days because I was <laughs> I was laughing for like two days when I, when I heard it. So I was, I was like. Anybody new that come on the gang, I'm like, dude, tell me first deer story. <laughs> I've heard it like eight times. I laugh every time. <laughs> but, uh, um, let's uh, let's get in. Uh, what you know from there on out? Did you uh, did you get in? When when did you try to start chasing? You know, nice big deer. You know, how how many years into your hunting were you deciding to go into? Oh, probably. Eight ten years before you even yeah even thought about big buck. That you know? was about me. It was I, all about deer. Then, yeah, you know? I just it, wanted to shoot everything. Kinda, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I it got to a point where that's all I lived on. You know, you yeah. Know, shoot eight ten deer a year. You know, and, and uh, just live on it. You know. Yeah, then, that's for uh, sure. Yeah, I uh, I uh, I got to the point where like after I shot that eight point buck, and then some people knew that I shot deer, they'd be like. You know, my my step grandpa would be like, "Oh, shoot us a deer," and then you know, then my uncle would be like, "Oh, shoot me a deer," you right. know. And I was just like, any deer that I could get close enough to, which was pretty rare right. with a bow, and then actually connect on top of that. Yeah. I was so just, you're you're just young. Yeah, I was just shooting, you know. And and what was crazy was I had a, I was out there with a climber. I was 12 years old. And I was out there <laughs> with a climber with a darting bow, 65 pound draw. You know, and, and I was... That was my first bow with dart. Yeah, mine was darting, darting too. And, yeah. uh, and, it was a, and it was a struggle. I had about 15 seconds to shoot that animal because that's <laughs> all I could hold it back for, you know. Yeah. So there was a lot of times that I'd draw and then have to let down and spook an animal. But yeah, you get busted. It was, it's so cool when you're young and just getting into it. Killing an animal was your goal. So every time you hunt, mm-hmm. you're like, this is the hunt where I'm going to get it done. Right. And now when I go out, if it's not per- perfect conditions, you're sitting there, you're like, I'm not going to see anything yeah. nice. So it's not that same. Right. It's just like this year. We went on just a doe hunt. I was so <laughs> pumped because I don't go out just to shoot a doe a lot. And it was that shotgun season. And we went out just to shoot a doe. So I was like, we're going to get it. This is our goal, and we're going to get it done. Mm. You know, And it, it's just a, it's a different feeling. When you're not out there trying to shoot a big deer, because the chances aren't there. When you're just out there to try to shoot any deer, right? Because back then a forked horn came by and I had a tag. It's game over, you know. It's it's game over. I'm gonna try yeah, to put it that's down. The way so. I was, but... Yeah, I mean when when I started bow hunting, I was you know 16, 17, so you know 10 years ago, and straight from the get go, it was it was big deer only. And well, you've seen your dad put down a mid-160s throughout the right, back. That right, right. So, you know, four years, That's you know, tough. four years I started bow hunting after that. And how do you how do you follow that up? Yeah, I mean, you can't. You're, yeah. And he shot it one-handed. It's it'll a be a, it'll a be a whole nother, another story. I don't think this is the time to say that. But he shot it one-handed with a 20-gauge shotgun. And I, and I saw it. So, you know... My mom, she goes out and buys me a bow and gives it to me as a Christmas present. And just from day one, you know, 
I know what a shooter buck is and I know what a deer that I want to pass is. So I don't have all these, you know, 120s and 130s under my belt that most of these guys do. But it doesn't make me an inferior hunter because I've had good encounters. I've been close to big deer and that alone has made me a better hunter. Yeah. You know, and, and then I go out shotgun hunting, and I'm like, well, you know, I still got to have them, you know, 30 yards. I'd like to have them 30 yards, but I don't have to. And the the way that the previous year of bow hunting, you know, those encounters have taught me to position my stand to where, you know, if I don't get it done bow hunting the next year, at least when I'm gun hunting, I can get them in at 50, you yeah. know. You know yeah. what I'm saying there? It's, it's- that's what we'd say out here. It don't matter if you're 50 and you want to get in bow hunting or if you're 10 and you want to get into bow hunting, do it because you're not going to regret it. It's going to be a humbling experience for a while, but then when you do start to be like, okay, I'm kind of figuring this out, then you're going to just have a blast. It and, is so humbling. And the best thing about deer hunting is I get, don't get me wrong, I love shooting big deer. I love the story of the deer, but just like up here at Nowhere, the people that you talk to, that all we, every hunter seems like a caring guy they want to be part of something bigger they want to support something else and they want to make the outdoor the key to that so it's so cool that that is the the main focus for a lot of people in the outdoor industry and it's almost like when you start deer hunting you're in a bigger family than you are already so that that's that's super cool for me yeah shout out to everybody i mean if you're listening to this podcast you're probably in that group and uh I know they did a study in Pennsylvania. I, I don't know what the numbers were, but they opened it up and, and they really went down on the numbers of bucks that you can shoot, you know, as far as the size of them. And from the results of that study, it seemed like everybody followed the law. Yeah. You know, there, it was like a one, one and a half percent that didn't, you know, which it, it don't matter what you do. Everybody, you know, there's rules to be broken for a reason. But it seemed like everybody followed the new law, which was super cool. You know, yeah. that's that's nice to see Seems that like everybody's every, respecting yeah. what what the laws are. Yeah. You know, because it was it was pretty aggressive. It was really aggressive for for Pennsylvania. Let's uh, you want to do your most memorable hunt yet, or your biggest buck yet? Um, <clears throat> I can probably give you a funny one. There you go. I like, <laughs> like funny, funny. one. <laughs> Funny's pretty Our relatable because I've got a bunch of yeah. them. <laughs> Encounter or uh, it's it, it kind of funny. But, uh, my first encounter of a big buck. He kind of hunting inside this pocket. There's willows all around, and there was a strip going in the middle, so there's a field on both sides. So I hunted the strip, and I come out of the willows and come across, and had a big eight pointer he was at least 24 inches wide just oh wow monster i mean and he come in and he, he was coming in on a trail that would have gave me a five yard shot so he came in he started feeding on the edge before he got into the, the other strip just fed forever forever and forever and you're sitting there waiting waiting, waiting. and you just kind of got traumatized by watching him because you watching him so long and finally when he was on the move boom he come in fight on that same trail five yards and i'm sitting there with my bow and he comes in and you know how you stop a deer you just meh yeah well i did that meh 
I didn't have my bow drawn yet. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of looked up at me, and I was like, "Oh man, pretty fast, buddy." You could try to draw yeah. and chew; that yeah. wouldn't have worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my first big one, I, I was in a climber. Uh, it was raining. Just, raining, just, dude. Just had a cold. <laughs> what is going it was, on? It was during the rut, you know. Man, and, those rainy days, yeah. dude. I gotta start soaking wet. Couldn't days. couldn't take it no more. So <laughs> what do you mean you gotta start hunting? You already did. I know, but still, <laughs> I got, yeah. every rainy day I'm like, nope, can't go into work. It's raining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let my bow down and turn around. I'm a climber and getting ready to climb down, and a doe shoots right underneath me. And I was like, oh crap! And I, I was like, there's only one reason why she's running, you know. So I took back. And uh, here come the buck, you know. Of course, can't do nothing. Bow's on the ground. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, just to watch him go by, you know. And uh, that next evening, I went by and uh, I kind of knew what the deer were doing and where he went. And I come by and uh, used scent on my boots and walked down where they kind of crossed the river there and then walked up, backed up to my tree stand, and, uh, climbed up in the tree stand, and then. Uh, Sure, sure shit, he'd come in, come down that trail, got on my trail, and followed me right to the damn tree. Nice. Standing. Right, right on that trail. Nowhere to go. Yeah. So, so you like, just put some doe estrus on your boots? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I've never really tried doe estrus or anything it, like that because I've always. There's a certain like, time of year to do yeah. it, you know. I mean, you know, you use it the wrong time of year, they're going to be spooky, mm-hmm. you know. I, uh, I does, actually, does don't like it, you know. Yeah. I mean, so I, what I do is like, the deer that I harvest from that area, I always do my own butchering. So I use, I use the, the urine from them deer. Yeah, that's for a good scent, idea. Yeah, you know, for that area, and then they're not. They're not they spooky. Don't seem yeah, to be spooked, a couple so. a couple guys that shotgun hunt out there. You know, when they kill a doe on Friday morning, they'll cut out the glands and put mm-hmm. it in a plastic bag and you, right. you know put it sure. out as a wick or whatever on yep. Saturday. Yep. Or Friday night, even you know, that, that doe's in the area now. Yep. Um, but I've actually used doe estrus, and I haven't put it on my boots or used a drag, but I put it up on a wick, and I've, I've drawn in some bucks. Like, yeah. hey, I've I've seen a couple shooter bucks, and I know that that buck would not have came in unless he smelled that yeah. estrus. Came right. in from that way. Right. Know, yeah. I mean, the wind's blowing there, you know, and. Yeah. And then sometimes it works the opposite too. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Seems <laughs> they like get kind of spooky, you know. Yeah. Uh, You're like, oh yeah, I got. Well, 70, if I didn't have that out, he would have came in. You know, I got seventy trail cam pictures of this buck feeding <laughs> in this field at five o'clock, and then you hunt there. You're like, wasn't there? <laughs> That's hunting, but it's like they know. They do know. But yeah, he was a he was a fourteen pointer, standing straight underneath me at eleven inch brow tines. Wow. I had to wait wait for him to get out, so just so I can shoot him, you know. And yeah. That was my first. So were you like halfway down the tree or? No, that this was uh, the the evening hunt. Oh, the evening hunt. Okay, yeah. I went back in there because I knew he was kind of maybe maybe come back and then. So he was probably better with that doe all day or locked up with that doe in that area, and then you went back in there in the evening and killed him. That's super cool. So the doe come by you in the morning? Is that what you're saying? Doe come by in the morning, and then he was chasing her. Okay. And so I went back in there that that next evening. But you didn't see him in the morning. 
Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he was yeah, chasing. He was chasing the doe. Oh, okay, and then yeah. he went back same there day. the same day. So, yeah, same in the evening, afternoon. Yeah. yeah. And then they just come back on the same trail? Uh, he was by himself. He was by himself. By himself. Yeah. Maybe he yeah. lost that doe or yeah. bred that doe and was moving on. He probably, he probably bred that doe. I've heard a lot of stories about where people see a deer from the road yeah. on their property or they get a trail cam picture on a cell cam, you know, or something, yeah. and then they go in that area and he's still there. Because it seems like seems like, like we talk about deer have a personality. You ever have that buck that runs property after property during the rut, or you have that buck that stays on the same property. He knows where the doe bedding areas right. are, and he's staying in the same area because he knows he knows that there's going to be more pressure that time of year, right. but he knows those does are eventually going to. So if he's got five, six does, he knows they're eventually going to be ready. Right. So he just hangs out in that yep. same area. So I think that's... Just waits for the competition. Just so waits for it. And that's, that's kind of like my piece. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like on it the big deer know where the doe beddings are sure. so i don't see a lot of them cruising yep. and then when i do it's like out of you know it'd be like at noon you know or something yeah. where like they might have lost a doe or you know something yeah. crazy and then you see a giant and you're like whoa where'd right. he come from you're not you know ever prepared or you know i seen one like right at shooting light and he just came screaming by after a yearling yeah. doe after you know in between the shotgun seasons yep. so i mean or they know when they get something bedded, it's going to stay there. So he's just going to get up yeah. and go look for something new, you know. He's going to know them. They're going to stay there. They're going to stay gonna there. Come back and, That's when you get them random daylight walkers. You're just like, where the hell do yeah. you come from? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> where so are they it's, going? it's super cool that each buck has their own personality. Yeah. Like Homeboy, I talked on a couple episodes ago, he's pretty much stayed on my property until the year that i tried to hunt him and then he just freaking right. vanished you know yeah. and then he That's came it. back during they the came run. back when they're done yeah That's so crazy so let's get it let's uh let's get into your you got your biggest buck what what's your biggest buck you got him scored i'm sure you do yeah he's 170 170 that's a big boy yeah. what what's that in our buck rating from like episode three that's, that's like a monster a monster yeah, yeah. 170 monster. Is a monster. i shot him off the ground Nice. A, a off the ground. Yeah, let's go. Go into detail on <laughs> yeah, that story. And the ghillie yeah. suit. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. hunt between. <clears throat> I hunt a creek line between two big timbers, so it's good during the rut because they, they use that as travel corridor. You know, once the rut's over, place is dead. So he had uh, the fence line that run down between the two. He had every tree had a scrape on it. I was like, okay. And the trees weren't big enough to even get in, you know, and the farmer took them out. I was like, but it was thick enough to get in to hunt, and I always, always loved, I killed a lot of deer in the ghillie suit, you know, and so I stuck a decoy out there in the early morning before oh, daylight, nice. stuck a decoy out there, and I sat in this fence row, and it was pretty thick, you know, and I forgot my bow hanger bow stand you know so i just laid it on the on the ground <clears throat> and as soon as it was just light enough where you see a silhouette and it, it was me to you i was wow. sitting in that boom there he was I'm like oh shit <laughs> this table so six trying, feet yeah <laughs> yeah so i'm trying to i pick my bow up and my arrow's getting hung up on on the stuff because i couldn't see very well you yeah know? And, and he'd stop and he'd just turn around look I'd wait. He'd go back for that decoy, you know, and I'd <laughs> lift it up again and hang up on it, and the arrow would be rattling on the bow, you know, and he'd stop, look back. Probably thought it was bigger than possible. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so finally I got 
got up to where you know and by time by that time he got on the decoy you know and, and uh, he kind of turned broadside and that's good awesome, deal. Dude. Do you have any? Ground. Do you have any scent on the decoy, or do yeah. you have it? Yeah. So yep. Did you have some buck, or uh, just doe? Just doe. Yeah, doe. So doe you, doe you, had, you had no rack, no rack on nope, the decoy, just obviously. A, um, just an alert doe. Did uh, did you have it positioned? Like, have you done any research on the positioning? Yeah, of the you always decoy? Uh, you always put her her rear end toward you because because the buck will always approach. buck will always circle around and. And come behind the doe. Okay. You know, I was that. In a buck decoy, they'll come head first, so you right. you face the buck toward you. Right. I was that. I guess I haven't done and much. They'll circle around and come to the front. Much research so, on the yeah. on the doe decoy, but mm-hmm. I know the buck decoy. You know, if you do the one antler, or you know, you're just doing a little small six point. You know, you want them to like quarter to you, to where the, you know that buck's going to circle right. around you. Then yep. obviously you're going to use you know some some buck uh, yep. scent on the decoy, but. That, that's why I was asking, you know, how you had the decoy position because you, with, with the doe, I haven't done much research on how the, the doe is positioned, but but that makes sense. You right. know, quartered away to where that buck's going to come behind yep. and sniff her. Gonna come, either and then, way, and then he there comes you from, go. He's gonna come yeah, from, you're going to get a good shot. Right. He's going to come yeah. broadside. Because you ain't going to have the decoy yeah. in your way, you know, because he's, yeah. he's coming he's from, coming behind. from I, behind. That's something right. I've never really done. I haven't done a lot of mm-hmm. decoy hunting, and I know a lot of guys that have been successful with it, but... I, I guess I don't really have a good field to hunt out of, and that's well, I'm, I do now. Yeah, you got you got one, yeah, I got but one, I don't know if it's I, good. I don't know. I've never really. I haven't tried it. That's something I might try this it's year. Pretty well, well, where, you, know, you set it up in the dark and come daylight, you're like, there's, oh, it's a there's deer. buck hanging right there. You know, I had three bucks on on the decoy when daylight came. Well, wow, yeah. where did I mean, you there see that? No shooters that that, that had he got was was it the field on the east? No, it was, it was down in the creek okay. on the back side. Um, I know in the episode on Homeboy, you talked about a three-and-a-half-year-old yeah. coming out on yeah, the east field and scent-checking the doe bedding. That's on the neighbors where I can't hunt, though, on that field edge. Okay, so he was scent-checking the doe bedding on the neighbors. No, he's, that's that field that I just have access to walk through. Oh, okay. And then okay. I, I have the timber right behind that. But so the all, your, where, all your visuals from scouting? Yeah. Okay. The the visual or the the field i'm talking about is east galesburg there's that clover alfalfa field uh-huh. that we i mean we didn't get we got some decent deer in the 140 range at at night on that but uh a decoy might work pretty good there during the rut of uh, i shot a doe and a turkey off that field they definitely does are using it so and there's like a little bottom part where it seems like all the does like to come out so i've always heard like for a decoy you want them to be visual from a long ways away so yeah. they're not like right. startled by it but maybe i mean those don't hate like to, them. yeah those don't like them <laughs> i'd yeah. hate to do a drag through there but maybe like you know a hundred yard drag yeah. you know up through the woods just get that extra scent out there of yeah. uh, the, i've never done any decoin but yeah i have no you idea know, so. this you, i mean 2018 like a, 2018 uh, i want to i want to do a couple hunts with a decoy yeah, you know i don't know if i'm gonna do a buck or doe but i definitely want to get at least one decoy out there and, and hunt over it because I think it'd be cool because when it all comes together, it's, you know, the footage and, and just the hunt alone is super cool. Like you can't even believe the hunt that these people have over a decoy, but you got to do it at the right time in the right place. And, you know, if you sin or not, you know, it's, it's questionable, but it sounds, it uh, sounds like it'd be super successful. Yeah. I had, uh, I noticed where I hunt at, I'd walking out 
in the evenings I could see a big deer up on this terrace and it, it just a great big terrace you know the upper parts of corn bottom parts of corn and I seen a big deer up there every every time I come out so uh, it was decoy time you know and I said well I'm going to take a decoy up on that hill get my ghillie suit put that decoy right on the point and it, it was evening time then or afternoon hunt and uh, got in the corn about four rows snapped tops off and uh, buck came out and uh, chasing two does down in the bottom and it was kind of windy so I kept calling kept calling kept calling hoping hoping he'd hear me well he stopped chasing the does and he popped down back down into the field they're in the creek and I was like well if he comes out I'm gonna I'll be able to see him never came out never came out and then boom there he was on my side looking up at that decoy and his standing corn down bottom I was like okay here he comes yeah, pretty soon, here comes the corn stalks, you know. Oh, nice. <laughs> Popped right up that field, and he was so close, I could not, I couldn't even draw my bow. And he wow. kept, he kept turning and looking down at the does that he left. And I was like, okay, next time he turns his head looking at the does, I'll be able to draw, you know. And I drawed and whacked him right there. Nice. That's so cool <laughs> that you shot, you shot two nice bucks off the ground. Oh, I, I shot quite a few. That's yeah. cool. Up with a ghillie suit and yeah. the in-standing corn. That's yeah. really even cooler, yeah. man. Me shooting a buck off the ground brings back nightmares. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're getting it done there yeah. on the ground. That's freaking awesome, man. Yeah, I had uh, had a monster come in one time. It was, it was three bucks and, and uh, this one buck stood in front of him and I couldn't get a shot on the big big one you know and and person he worked his way behind me and the wind was blowing behind me and he he got behind me and busted me and he come back in and blowing standing in front of that big one because the big one just held up so he started blowing and he just kept blowing and blowing and blowing and blowing and I was like next time I see you you're dead <laughs> right <laughs> so, yeah. it's easy it's easy so how, how fast know. they sign a death certificate oh, yeah. when they start blowing yeah. yeah so I got my ghillie suit and there was a little patch of patch of willows inside this timber where they always come out and they walk around it you know and I got in there with a ghillie suit and he was the first one out to come in I was like <laughs> I know you I know you yeah. <laughs> what kind of ghillie what's the brand on the ghillie suit you got uh, man it I seems like remember. a good it, one it's an old one it's, it's old slick old. as it's hell all, it's yeah. all burlap it's all burlap. all burlap man yeah. that's cool it's it not seems like, like the it's, ones nowadays you know yeah you know, a leafy suit oh hey just like they don't smell you either yeah you know, I mean they just burlap holds yeah, the scent in yeah must I mean the yeah. burlap just burlap kinda, sack it up that's yeah, the trick there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you use a burlap sack that used to have corn in it now you got corn scent too it's yeah. a whole new level yeah. Right? Yeah, I got my got my wife into hunting and put her in that fence row that I was talking about I shot that the other one in and she goes where are you going I said oh, I'm not sitting in front of that uh, brush pile over there my ghillie suit I wasn't even in the brush pile I was just sitting in front of it and I had a uh, doe and two little ones you know, 10 yards from me feeding. She's like, wow. why don't you shoot those? Like, it's not all about killing. Yeah, right. it's about <laughs> just getting. It's about I mean, seeing how close you can get. I've shot a few deer off the there, ground, you know? and that's a whole new level when you shoot a deer. Yeah. Off. I haven't shot any nice bucks off the ground, but when you yeah. shoot 
Man, that's what we should do. We should just go into the public and sit on the ground and try to just yep. raw dog some big deer on the ground. That would yeah. be fun, man. I'm going to say, I've shot a couple of does off the ground, but I've, I've not done yeah. anything. We yeah. could go way Worth back in the shit. public. You wouldn't have to haul a stand in and just try to set up on the ground. They're not expecting it. <laughs> and, and, then, and then if you don't shoot anything, but you get deer close to you, or um, you're going to learn. Anything within 20 yards off the ground, and you're trying to attempt to draw yeah. or get your gun up, anything within 20 yards – that's a win. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think that'd be a lot of fun. That's something me and you need to do. We just go back and yeah. do the state ground and just. Uh, I know some good spots that are nice and thick. You can get up in. You can still see see some spot. You know, see pretty far. Get get some time to be able to get ready if a deer's coming in. I'm I'm sure they sell like a bow where you could set your bow up yeah. and have it ready. Yeah, like a bow stand. That'd be super cool. That'd be just like I said. Well, me and you went on that doe hunt. It was just a different. It was out of a stand. It was something different. So it was so fun to me, you know, that I, I've been talking to a buddy. I want to go out. I want to do, like, adventure whitetail hunts. You know, everybody wants to go, like, an elk hunt or something. I want to go to, like, Nebraska and try to spot and stock or go, you know, anything that's different than just the Midwest. Where you, yeah. I love shooting big deer out of tree stand. I'll never not like it. But to do something different would be you know, a lot fun, you know. And then there might be a season where – I just dedicate everything, you know, to, you know, shooting a deer on public off the ground or something, you know. Yeah, maybe you shoot a, you know, a 150 off your piece with a bow, and then, you know, yeah, your target buck, your target buck's like a 170, and you get him with a gun. And you're like, okay, well, I need to let my piece rest for two years. Yeah. Okay, so next year, I'm just all in on going to Nebraska or Kansas, public. Yeah. You know, if I didn't, if I didn't like shooting 140 so much, (laughs) I could probably do that. But I'm like 140, I'm slinging arrows. 140, I'm slinging. You know, it's hard. It's It's hard, hard, man. I, I'm like, we talk about that. Everybody goes to like the sportsman stage, you know, where we want to kill everything, and then we want to kill a nice buck, then we want to kill a lot of nice bucks, then we want to kill a giant, you know, and then we want to take other people. I'm at that. I want to kill a lot of nice mature deer so and see just like at the beginning of this episode like i mean i haven't killed a whole bunch of 130s i've just been looking for that 150 you You gotta start swacking some 130s 140s dude it makes hunting a lot funner i don't know how many well dallas can contribute to how many 130s i've shot missouri with a bow and a rifle (laughs) just mowing them down you know it's just fun how many has he shot dallas i bet it's pushing at least 10 yeah i mean uh, there's, I mean, I've shot a lot of 130s because I, I mean that's a big deer down there. I mean, right. you shoot a 130, that's a big deer. That, but the one I shot with my grandpa, that six by three, <laughs> that might have been <laughs> six by three. Yeah, that's yeah, weird. A, a six by <laughs> three, and you couldn't get your hand around the base of the opposite side. That might have been a 120 inch deer. But man, you could just—he was, was old. He was old. He was crippled. Old. My grandpa was pumped. I shot him at like 40 yards with a 270. I could see the steam coming off his breath. You know, you, but like I said, definitely not my biggest deer, yeah. but one of the coolest experiences I've had. My grandpa setting up the blind, it sounded like a hurricane going on down there. <laughs> Wake up. We're about, we're, we're at shooting light when we're setting up the blind because my grandpa has to eat breakfast, get coffee, take a crap. You know, he's got to right. go through all, he's got the, his routine. Yeah. all the steps, you know, <laughs> to be able to go shoot a deer, you know. He gets down there, and it, the, blind, the, the blind's been sitting outside, and it's just frozen. So when you pop, it's a pop-out. You're popping it out. It sounds like a 12-gauge going off. Kaboom! Kaboom! <laughs> 30 minutes into the hunt, here comes this buck, and wow. I shoot him. My grandpa's like, 
did you hit him? I'm like, oh yeah, he's down. <laughs> Grandpa never even seen him. He was <laughs> right there. So, so do you, do you think I'm weird? Like for, I mean, I've only got one bow buck on the ground. I mean, I'm saying that on the podcast. Yeah. But I'm out there grinding. Yeah, I know. You're out like, there grinding I mean, trying to shoot. I mean, You got yeah. a couple nice ones with the shotgun. You shot a lot of does. For sure. So to me, that's successful. If anybody shoots anything with a bow, I think that's a successful year because it's I mean, a lot of people do it, but it's hard, man. You got to put a lot of time in practicing with that bow, and and I, you know, we talk about shooting big deer on this podcast a lot because that's what everybody loves, you know. But that's that's not that wasn't me five it's, five six years ago. It's yeah. not the normal guy the every reality. year. Like the normal guy <laughs> yeah. every year is the not reality, shooting at one forty. About shooting a button buck. I said we got Dallas sitting in here. He, he's like, I just come on the last episode. It was, Talking about shooting a button bug on yeah. public ground. Like, hey, that's a bigger deer than I've shot off public ground. Yeah. I'll yeah. say that. So, I mean, that, that's... that's. But, all. no, that's just... I just wanted to highlight that that's... Me and Cody, I think, are wired a lot different than a lot of people because... It's brown us down a lot of... It, mm-hmm. A lot of people want to shoot, you know, a deer because, oh, yeah, you know, I had a deer in bow range. Boom, it's down. Okay, I mean, we're not... We, we don't want to say that that's wrong. Because it's not, but it's just I, whatever you feel. Actually, about hunting, you know. Actually, I kind of, I kind of missed that stage because when I mean, I had a bunch of encounters this year, and I kind of wish I had that experience of shooting, you know, six bucks that were one thirty. Yeah. When I had a mid one forty, maybe pushing one fifty, come into me this year. I wish I would have had, you know, three of them down already to where I wasn't so damn fired up. Yeah. But. It doesn't help. Every 140 I shoot, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, the first thing I do is I call someone. They're like, how big is it? I don't know, man. Monster. I don't know. Monster. It's probably 160. This one was huge. Yeah. This one was supposed to be huge. It's, I got out it's there. probably it's a 160. Yeah. Yeah. You walk up on it and go, uh, Yeah. It's probably a 160. <laughs> They're like, ground shrinkage is, one, is 30 inches on it. Yeah. 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 Then they then they, they come and they talk to you in real life after, you know, they're about to drag the deer out and you're tracking it. You're like, yeah, it's probably 140. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just really, when, when I get jacked up, everything grows 20 inches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. No, guys, if you, you know, whatever stage you're at, you know, we applaud you. I think I just have skipped almost the best stage of bow hunting the stage of shooting a lot of deer and getting that experience because i know the deer that i've shot with a shotgun after i got my first one it seemed like that second one was easy and then you know i I shot a buck and then that was easy and i'm like okay you know i'm waiting for the next buck and then any doe i kill after i shot my buck it's just even easier so i i've skipped that uh, what, what, I mean, what do you even call that stage? The shoot everything. Stage. Shoot everything. <laughs> stage. That's what I would call it. Yeah. Be honest with you. I mean, there might be a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are in that stage and right on, dude. Because I was there for a long time. You know. Yeah. If yeah. I could get a tag for it, You're you dead. know, I, I bet, you know, there's been years that I shot two six pointers. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I'm and I'm not ashamed to say it because. Like we talk on past podcasts, everybody starts somewhere, and everybody starts as a meat hunter at first, mm-hmm. and then 
you know, it's just like everything. You know, if, if you ride foolers or whatever, you started with the 125, your dad got you, and now you got a, you know, now you got a, a 450, yeah, you're just monster. ripping it. You're ripping yeah. everywhere. You know, everybody grows and what their hobby is. Yeah, I don't and, know why I skipped the, the shoot everything with your bow stage. It's because you've seen I, your dad drop a 160 right off yeah. the bat, and you're like, you're like trying to outdo <laughs> your dad. I do the that. same thing. If my dad that. was out there dropping 160s, I'd be like, all right, I got to show this guy. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Where's the 165 at? but i i do wish you know i had six you know 130s under my belt but i don't but it's still it still has not stopped me because i've I've obviously had plenty of opportunity to do that this guy took every day of his vacation this year two weeks didn't take one floater and hunted one week straight took a week off and hunted one week straight non-stop morning and evening every night i would text him i'd be like He's sitting on the couch. He's no, he's out there. I'd be like, it's the fourth day. He hasn't seen anything. We're shooting, you know. It's raining. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm in the woods, man. I'm like, dang, dude, this guy is hardcore. <laughs> but, but when you get that, when you get that thrive to, and I, I think I was like that when when me and Dallas were hunting a lot on state ground together, and I had no kids and no wife. We hunted every chance we got, no matter what the conditions. And it was just nonstop. The so. times we've set blizzards, yeah. rainouts. Yeah. One time, one time, Dallas forgot his rubber boots, and I made him wear cowboy boots. He's like, "It's like, oh man, I ain't got my insulated boots." I'm like, "We're going hunting, and oh. you're wearing those cowboy I'm boots." I had six hours and two, non non insulated feet of snow and a fence row and froze my feet. Had the crossbow terrible. out there, non insulated cowboy boots in the snow, no. and then they people started driving deer on us and. Shooting muzzleloaders <laughs> off. Shooting muzzleloaders. We didn't see Jack. We've been seeing 40 deer a night on this field, feeding in sanding corn in the night. Dallas froze for two hours with cowboy boots on. No deer. Yeah. <laughs> but there's been time. Like, all right, let's look up for his. I shot that deer that night. I got out of my stand. I was looking. So here comes Cody. We look back down there, and there's this doe standing like 10 yards in front of the brush pile. It was oh, yeah. So I'm, out there, I'm out there trying to shoot a doe. Dallas shoots one. He's out of a stand. He gets okay. Let's tell the real story. Dallas, <laughs> this is a real podcast. So we're going to tell the real story. Dallas shoots at a doe, misses. Okay, clean. Yeah, there miss. was some blood. Clean miss. The first one was a clean miss. Okay. Then, another arrow. then he's walking around, like checking to see if he shoots the deer. So I see him out in the field. I'm, we're probably three hundred yards away. I'm like, okay. He gets back to a stand. I'm like, what is he doing? Then he gets out of the stand again. He shot and missed the second deer. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go down there, you know, and see what's going on. So about the time I get down there, I get get up. I'm about to walk down there. He walks back to his stand. I'm like, what is going on? So I'm like, I'm just going to sit in this brush pile. I get out of my stand. I'm just going to sit in this brush pile. He gets out the third time. I'm like, okay, I'm walking down there. You know, and we've been sitting. It's cold. We've been sitting probably four hours. He shoots. He hits this doe. So I walk down there. I literally get down there. I've been sitting for six hours. I turn around right by that brush pile. There's a doe 20 yards. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, dude. I've been sitting six hours down there. You got out of your stand three times. I've been trying to shoot a doe to get some meat in the freezer, and there's a doe right there, and I'm down here tracking your deer. Mention, let's go back to the episode before this where you said I lost my iPhone. This yeah. was the same night. Yeah, that was the same night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. I pretty much just – 
threw everything he had because <laughs> I was like, dude. <laughs> but you were you're brand new hunting, trying to learn, and I was trying to help you out and get on some deer. And that's one thing I will say. There's a you gotta sit. You gotta yeah. want to sit. Yeah. There's a lot of days that season. We pulled a lot of all dayers, taking lunches in the truck, going to the truck, eating lunch, and going back. Yeah. You gotta want to sit. Yeah. I broke him in hardcore, so he wasn't used to that, but. He got two de- two deer down that year, so yeah. with a bow, so setting eight nine hours a day. Yeah, but I got, I got a funny story. My wife, when I first met her, I got her into bow hunting. She never hunted a day in her life, so spend time with me. You know, you got to get her into hunting. So <laughs> I got her into bow hunting, and I put her in the the same in that same fence row. And I always I just hunt with three arrows, so I get three arrows. So figured, well, okay, I give her three arrows, you know. So a buck comes in down the fence row on on the west side. She draws on him, shoots, misses him. So she knocks another arrow up. This buck don't run off. Knocks another arrow up. He goes across the fence, and she she's coming over. You know the other limb, and the bow goes off. Oh, <laughs> she shot it straight <laughs> so, up in the air. Another arrow goes up. So she turns around, and there's another buck on the, the other side. You know, <laughs> So she shoots and misses it. Oh, man. Now she's, she's like, tech, yeah, she's out of arrows. So she texts me. She goes, I'm out of arrows. I said, what'd you kill? Nothing. <laughs> They're still standing there. They're still <laughs> got, standing there. Got a bu- two bucks standing there with no arrows. I did that before. I uh, I went to the stand. Same public ground piece. I don't know if this is a story Dallas is wanted to tell or not. but no, this, this goes but back to our Missouri days. I went to, I went to, uh, went to the stand, you know, and, and there's this doe out there rangefinder battery was dead so so i range it and it gets this like, air message you know I'm like what is going on and this deer's like he's she's not out in the field she's like directly left of me so i'm like oh that looks like 30 so i shoot at her i'm like you know she's probably like 40 you know i shoot under then i she she comes like 10 yards closer i'm like man that's got to be like 25 shoot shoot over her. so she probably came you know <laughs> 20 yards closer then she comes three yards from my stand i'm like you know what i'm gonna let you live i done missed you twice <laughs> and you were three yards from my stand so i'm just gonna let you live was that the one this year no oh no yeah. i didn't miss anything this year did i no yeah oh no that story i hit that deer <laughs> okay yeah, yeah you hit that deer but yeah. that's still a good story yeah yeah okay. that's still a good story that's for another podcast you want to know yeah. real cody hutton jenkins hunting story you got to ask him about the time he shot two deer in one shot during rifle season oh in man that was killer so um it's 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 rifle season down there and uh, it's the day before rifle season and i i'm out on my mom's place i walk out there and i'm like i'm gonna go kind of scout this milo clover field you know and see what's out there so i'm off the ground like you you know <laughs> and i set up and I'm, I might be 15 or 16 at this point, you know. And uh, I still got the same dart and bow. Savage. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm setting up, and then this this field's just loading up with bucks. I mean, there's, you know, the biggest bucks I would have shot ever out there. And being the shoot them all, you know, kind of deal, here comes this six-pointer in real close. And there's probably like 130 out in the field. I'm like, oh, I'm shooting this six-pointer. <laughs> you know? So it gets it gets probably 10 yards, and I did the same thing your wife did. You get about the full draw, and then you're not even aiming at the deer. You're like kind of 
draws, and then you hit the you hit the release really? like when you're you know half draw, half draw <laughs> and it shot it landed like four foot in front of me, <laughs> five foot in front of me, right in the dirt. I'm talking, well, I'm talking about the rifle hunting. Yeah, and, and then the next the next day was rifle season, so I'm like I'm going back to this field and I'm going to shoot this buck. So I go back to that back to that field. We sat, we sat, some does come out, and I'm like, where, where are the bucks at? You know, where are the bucks at? And uh, just doe and two yearlings. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to shoot this doe. So, and then I had two, two doe tags. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, I'm like, I'm going to try to shoot two does. So what I tried to do was, I was like, I'm going to shoot the, the, the big doe first, and then the yearling, most of the time, they hang around. You know what I mean? So... Right when I shoot, go to shoot this yearling doe, or the big doe, I'm sorry, the yearling doe freaks out and runs right behind its mom. So I shoot the, the big doe, drop her, and then I drop the yearling too, both in one shot with a 270. And I hit, the, I hit the mom perfect, and I hit the other one. It must have been like going for the udder or something, and I headshot. <laughs> <laughs> never, yeah, never could have done that in my life ever again. Yeah. Complete accident. And then I got two deer down, so I gotta. I'm like, okay, I gotta call my stepbrother to help me drag one of these deer <laughs> out because I didn't have no cart or anything. And of course, it had been raining, so the fields were muddy, and I had to cross that whole Milo field. He got back to the house; his pants were down around his ankles. Yeah, full of mud. Yeah, it was it was it was a good time, but and that was back in the day where. Uh, I think that was on film, like way back in the day. We we were, we yeah, were sitting on the film. ground and we were filming, you know, just oh, way geez. back then. That's probably, a classic. Probably junky filming as dog get out, but yeah. And then I remember there it was a doe and two yearlings, and then we shot the two on accident, you know, two at the same time. Luckily, I had two tags, you know, for rifle season because I'm out there trying to get meat. I'm trying to put as many down as I can, and that other yearling doe came right back. If I'd had another tag, I could have shot that other yearling doe too, because she was like, you know, her, you know, there. She was like, well, what just happened, you know? So she ran off and then came right back, and we're like out there to get the deer, and that that yearling doe was like fifty yards away, like and had no clue what we were, you know. But Dallas had to bring up this, that story, but Jeez. that was a that was just a pure dumb luck. Uh, you got all the funny stories, but yeah. <laughs> well, Jerry, it all starts somewhere. <laughs> Well, Jerry, uh, you you're a taxidermist, yes, and uh, you mounted a couple bucks that were locked up that were on display up here today. Um, I want you to go into some of the challenges that go into mounting bucks that are locked up. Oh, the form alterations is the hardest part of them. Uh, just kind of got to pick out a form that's kind of close. To that, and uh, just keep cutting and turning until you can get them antlers matched up. You know, like the ones that were here uh, weren't too bad. They probably, you know, you probably cut them, you know, five, six times to get them turned. You know, and I've done probably six different sets of locked up ones, and the most I've ever cut one, you know, uh, probably 14 times on one form and you know four or five on another you know to, wow. get, them, to get them turned up you that's know? crazy so, but it's uh it's neat though when yeah, they're that, done when they're done yeah that know? we talked about that mountain on the last pod or the last <clears throat> podcast episode and and how he found it and 
that's that's super cool that the audience can connect you know who yeah. mounted it and then who found it here but that's, that's such a rare find and such yeah. a I could I couldn't really figure out how those deer got locked together. There wasn't yeah. like a drop or anything yeah. that I'm gonna say the way that, that they one, were tied that up. That one, you seen it shoved clear yeah. in his cheek. You know, yeah. I think that's what kind of got him hooked, got him hooked, hooked, him up. hooked he up. He was up, on his know. jaw, so that yeah, deer he was on that yeah. jaw. He completely poked through his face. Yeah. That, that was probably one of my favorite ones. I, yeah, that's super that cool. That was kind of cool. But you know, he goes, "How are you gonna alterate that?" You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I'm going to put this son of a bitch right in his face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm down, I'll shove it right in his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on, man. You did an awesome job. Uh, is there anything else you want to say to him, homie? No, I mean, just any other challenges of just, you know, if if you got somebody wanting to bring you a, a deer to mount, um, anything you want to shout out to them to, to not do or to do? Um, As far as... Uh, as far care. as gutting or hide, hide uh, uh, preservation, the biggest thing is keep it dry. You know, if it if it falls in the creek, which a lot of bucks go go for the water when they've been hit. You know, when they're when they're wet, get them, hang them up and get them dry. You know, don't uh, roll them up, soak them wet. You know, because uh, water is your first uh, worst enemy. That's a good, that's a good tip as, uh, out there. So. I'm going to say, I mean, we, we had this conversation before, but, you know, Cody, he's just waiting his 40 minutes at the locker to get his hide. And, you know, the way that I've been taught is, hey, you just drop your buck off at the at the locker and you go back four days and pick it up and you have no idea right. what the hell has been through. So, you know, I guess you and Cody would advise just wait your 40 minutes pick it up you know what it's been through right and then you know you, you take can it straight to the tight just yeah, just take it. it straight to the guy a lot of times you know same same way was uh, a lot of out-of-state hunters you know want to you know they go on the antelope hunts go on whatever hunts you know and they they bring them to me and they're sitting in a cooler full you know water's cold but they're soaking wet in water right, you know right bag them up get them on top of the ice don't let them another hides good get tip. wet another good tip you know? does does that just add time to it i mean they, they might be 20th in line but you gotta dry it out and then you could do three shorter mounts in between you know it drying out is it, i mean so if, if they just brought it to you dry well, it's out, gonna, they, moisture is going to draw bacteria right to make maybe make the hide slip is that what you're saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah so yeah uh, i had uh you know four antelope come in you know one of them was the one that was on the bottom in the water was the one that didn't make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the other ones that were sitting on top out of the water, they're dry. They were fine, you know. Yeah. And I tell them when it, when it, when it comes in soaking wet, you know, it's not guaranteed, you know. Yeah. So, that's even though it's cold even. water, you know, you got the blood and, yeah. and everything. You're and still going to draw bacteria. Bacteria sets in. They just brought like the now. whole hide and yep. just put you all know, four of them right in, right mm-hmm. in a cooler. Yep. You know, is it just yep. four, so the bottom four one's sitting in the water when the, when the ice melts. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. Like, yeah. how would you even think that, <laughs> that yeah. the first one would would make it? You know. Yeah, yeah even you know, on your bear hunts, you know, if you get if you get it, shoot something and it goes in the water, get it skinned out, lay it out, hang it up, do whatever to get that hide dry. Don't put it in the bag soaking wet make sure yeah. it's dry before you put it put it okay. bag it up so That's like I said I didn't, your water is your number so one yeah. enemy yeah so, as far as uh, bacteria so. 
All right, well, we're going to wrap this up, guys. Uh, another Live at Nowhere podcast. I don't think we're going to have any more. We'll be live at Nowhere or no Live at Elmwood, sorry, <laughs> next time you hear us. So hopefully we can get some guys to come on there. I still don't think you said that right. What did you say? I said we'll be live at Elmwood. Yeah. Next time we get, yeah. Possibly live at Elmwood. Yeah. I'm just putting some hints out there. <laughs> so you are listening to the most unprofessional podcast there is out there. So <laughs> I can say what I want to say. <laughs> so we I say uh, usually week to week, we have no idea who's going to be on the podcast. It's like Tuesday night and we're still fishing for people. Yeah. The next thing you know, Saturday night, it comes together and then you're hearing it on Wednesday. So yeah. we don't have nobody lined up and. We're up here at nowhere. We just happen to have Jerry come on, John come on. Yeah. I think another John came on and Terry. Yeah. So you know that all those guys are just a bonus, and then you know we still got Emwood to line up, and we're gonna just roll them out as they come in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We have so no idea what's gonna we have happen. No idea. It's a great mystery, and you guys are gonna be the first ones to find out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming on, Jerry. Right, no you problem. did an awesome job. So uh, you got some real good stories. I bet you we could sit here for another two hours and drink beer and keep talking. Oh, yeah. We're going to wrap this up, guys. Same thing. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Plan your hunt. Hunt your plan. Remember, always have fun.